Welcome back, everyone, to the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Remember, you can subscribe to the Where the Bear podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search hashtag Where the Bear. Click subscribe, and you are in there. And this is a very exciting edition of the Where the Bear podcast. The Director of Athletics, Steve Waterfield, joining me. It's a special AD Minute edition of the Where the Bear podcast. And, Steve, I had to get with you big news out of the Golden Grizzlies world. Esports now officially being added as a varsity sport here at Oakland. And, uh, Steve, tell me this isn't – you and I had this discussion before we came on the air. You, your sons didn't – they weren't the motivating factor for this. Are they the ones behind the scenes, I guess, uh, pushing the buttons? Davis and Austin Waterfield are not the motivating factor. They helped confirm to me, though, the fact that this is esports is really where it's going to the next level. I think as your kids can kind of confirm sure. for you. So, no, it was exciting. Friday announced the first varsity team, D1 team in Michigan, to have an esports uh, program within athletics and a lot of great uh, media coverage of that for the university. So it's exciting. It's the wave of the future. And I'm glad Oakland University has kind of planted the flag at the front of that wave. And that's exactly where I wanted to go with this in our discussion, because the I guess the biggest question that that I would see on social media from, from the common sports fan is why. Why esports? And I think you really hit the nail on the head, and this is a bit of a repetitive theme that we will have. As you said, this is the wave of the future. I mean, you, you can you can embrace it, you can not embrace it, but you can't deny the numbers that are involved. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are there. 2018, we League of Legends World Finals, about 100 million viewers. The Super Bowl was 100 and about 10 million. College football playoff that year, 32, 33 million. So that's it's remarkable. One billion dollar plus industry, 500 million viewers, 70 some Division One schools with esports programs, about 270 NCAA schools total uh, that have it. And so it's going to continue to grow. And you might as well be towards the front than at the back. And that is something I know was very important to you, was very important to Oakland University as well, our president here at Oakland. I know because she talked about the fact that that's it, forefront, being at the forefront, uh, being the first Division One program in the state of Michigan. Uh, those are all big motivating factors as to the why. Yeah, it, it was. In this case, being first and being an early adopter has its advantages, and we wanted to take advantage of it and, and really leverage it academic admissions, athletic-wise. Uh, a coach I used to work with oftentimes quoted, uh, fortune favors the bold. And to me, I think for Oakland University to, to be bold and to do something that is international in scope, but first in Michigan, is really important and really fun. Steve Waterfield joining us here on the Weather Bear Podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Make sure you visit them online. Go to www.evanslawgrp.com. Remember, support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. We're talking esports here on the Wear the Bear Podcast. Again, Steve Waterfield, Director of Athletics, my guest. And Steve, how, how did how did this groundwork get laid, I guess you would? Take us through that process of how everything came to be that led up to that that press conference you guys had last week. Yeah, so it's been on my radar for probably two years, and a lot of it was because my sons, I mean, they consume their information by watching videos, oftentimes of people playing video games, which boggles my mind. And so it's always been an interest. And uh, about five, six months ago, various groups on campus, UTS, communications and marketing, um, just... It, people started to ask the question, should we get involved as a university? And we had meetings. Uh, I talked to Aura, and she was very supportive of us having those conversations and moving forward. And five, six months later, we announced it, which was a lot of fun to see all those folks work together towards that common goal. It's funny because you and I, 
we sit here and we joke about our, our children's involvement, but it's something too. I mean, my kids are are at ground zero for this as well. Uh, my sons play Minecraft and Fortnite, Madden, all those types of things. And really, Steve, my eyes were open to this about, I'd say about a year and a half to two years ago when during a Christmas vacation, uh, they were playing a Madden final that was being live streamed on Twitch. And it was during the middle of the day, uh, during the way, I think it was a Thursday, and I looked down at that viewership count because I, I'm, that's the business I'm in. So I looked down at that viewership count, and it's Thursday during the day. It's about 11 a.m. Eastern. So keep in mind, it's, yeah. it's 8 o'clock out on the West Coast. There's 26,000 people watching this Twitch stream on a Thursday of two guys playing Madden. I mean, again, I, I just keep going back to that. You can either you can be for it, you can be against it. It can be something you're comfortable with, not comfortable with. The math is the math. The viewers are the viewers, and this is something that, that could be at the forefront of, of huge, tremendous growth opportunities for the Golden Grizzly brand. It does, and you're right. I mean, you can't ignore the numbers. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. It's 24-7, 365, and it allows us a way to brand the university, brand athletics, potentially create revenue streams, and there's a lot of intrinsic value, enrollment growth, connections with the, on the student body with athletics with each other with a common kind of esports goal and I always go back to I went to the pizza shop as a kid and I would play Pac-Man and Donkey Kong with buddies and we'd put quarters into it technology and and society evolves in the sense that now they don't have to do that they can be in their house but play with seven people in seven different places maybe around the world and have that communication camaraderie and play video games so it's just a kind of a result of how technology is advanced and that is something to me too when Again, I'm not I'm not trying to persuade anybody's thinkings or anything like that, but the fact of the matter is this. Esports and, and the reputation from maybe a past generation or somebody looking from the outside in would say that discourages communication between kids and why aren't they out in the park playing and all those types of things. But I, I'm of the belief, and, and Steve, I don't know exactly where you fall in, but I'm of the belief where it's a, the exact opposite of that, where you said – it can bring kids together from around the world, really, if you think about it. And they have to communicate. They have to verbalize. And they have to think of strategy on the spot. And no better, in, again, in my opinion, in no better way of in the moment of battle, quote-unquote, during your game where you're trying to strategize in live fire in much the same way you'll have to do in terms of your work environment in the future. Yeah, you got to work together. There's the give and take. And you're right. There, there's more communication with esports than it would be with just calling a friend on the phone with phones now just texting back and forth. It is remarkable. Uh, Davis stays in touch with a lot of his friends from Lincoln, Nebraska, playing esports right. with them. And that's great for him. It's great for them. But that's just how they do it. And I'd argue that it's a way to connect with five, six, seven, eight people at one time versus a solitary texting or calling one person at one time. Steve Waterfield joining us here on the Wear the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're talking esports. So lay this out, Steve. I mean, you guys had the press conference. I know plans are in the initial phases right now, but if things go according to the way that, that you guys want them to go, uh, maybe give us a, a little bit of a educated guest timeline as to when you see all of this taking effect. Yeah, so, I mean, the next step for me is I'm in the process of looking for a head coach in esports. Not not hired one of those yet, so it's exciting because I've actually had folks reach out to me and, and want to talk and are interested in helping out. Get the head coach, work with the team renegades down at game time in Auburn Hills on kind of the mentorship creation of a program, fill the team, which I would imagine would have some folks at the club level, and then fall 2020, we'll have our first competition. And certainly I'm excited to have that happen, and we've got the game time facility, which will be a tremendous venue for our practices and competition. 
And that's something, Steve, that, that was as important as any other component of this whole operation that you guys are looking to do. When you can partner, especially in the community, especially in the local community, I, I know that's something that will work out for both sides. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a, a great story. Local team, uh, local community connected with a local university, and they have expertise. I mean, they're an internationally renowned esports program team, and to have that mentorship, information, expertise, support for our team is remarkable. It'd be the, akin to having uh, the pick a professional sports franchise working with a, a, one of our college teams right now. So it's it's a huge win for us. So Steve, break it down for me then. In your Pac-Man or Centipede or Galaga days, a, a young Steve Waterfield at the pizza shop, what was what was, I guess, the, the master craft for you? What, what was your go-to game that you were the best at? You know, I was never a master at any of them. If I had to pick one, though, I was going to probably go with Pac-Man. I would go with Pac-Man, and we had the old Atari thing, and you'd burn out those joysticks, and <laughs> it, 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 it would do that. But I'd go Pac-Man, and then, oddly enough, uh, Centipede. Yeah, a very under uh, under. Um, appreciate a game in my opinion yeah, certainly you had the trackball on the on the arcade machine and stuff like that yeah. take me through your power pellet usage in, in pac-man were you a guy that kind of zipped around the corners and ate up all the ghosts or were you more uh, i was a little more strategic with it where i would wait in the corner right under the power pellet then when the ghost got close enough then it, then it would be open season you'd wait and you'd wait and then you'd get them yeah you'd get them all to kind of cl- but you have to be willing to maybe run the risk of getting it so you'd wait get the power pellet and then just Gobble them up. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Steve, we certainly do appreciate the time. A, a big thank you for carving it out. And I know we're going to reconvene on this subject as things happen. And, uh, again, just uh, thanks for the transparency. Appreciate catching up with you. Absolutely. Look forward to doing it again. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search hashtag WearTheBear on either format. Click subscribe, and you are in there for the Director of Athletics, Steve Waterfield. My name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Wear the Bear podcast, everyone. Well, see you later.